You're listening to DNA ID, brought to you by Abject Entertainment. Be sure to check out some of the other great true crime podcasts from this network, including Scene of the Crime, The Murder in My Family, Malice, Missing Persons, and Three Men and a Mystery. All of these podcasts are available for you to binge on right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe where you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. It goes without saying that the murder of a loved one is indescribably tragic and life-altering, but it's the not knowing that prevents the grieving family members from beginning to heal. When someone is killed and no one knows why or by whom, the unanswered questions loom over the crime and overshadow the tragedy itself. These unresolved cases devastate their communities and leave behind shock, confusion, and lingering fear. Thousands of families have lived perpetually in this emotional limbo and cycle endlessly between hoping that their loved one's case will be solved and resigning themselves that they will not have a resolution, will remain permanently wondering and unsatisfied. But now there's hope. We all hear the news stories almost weekly now. Frustrated investigators resort to the wonders of modern science combined with familial lineage records and historic documents to pinpoint the identities of criminals and killers who have eluded them for decades. Forensic genealogy answers the who questions about these often decades-old crimes. But what about the why? True crime fans who prefer solved cases may anticipate that this podcast will be nirvana for them. But I think you'll be surprised at how many questions remain unanswered, even though we know the identity of the killer at long last. Because just knowing a name is not enough. Most mainstream media articles enthusiastically herald the identification of the killer, but fail to dig any deeper. This podcast will look at crimes solved by forensic genealogy, also known as investigative genetic genealogy, and examine the connection, if any, between the victim and the killer. By knowing how predators target their prey, we will learn more about how killers select their victims and how better to protect ourselves. This is Jess Betancourt, and this is DNA ID. Just a note about the cases I plan to cover. In general, I will select cases in which the offender is dead or his or her case has been adjudicated. Because these cases are considered resolved, law enforcement personnel are much freer to communicate information about the case and the killer than if a trial is pending or a plea deal is being negotiated behind the scenes. For that reason, I may delay coverage of a recently solved case pending legal resolution of the matter. Also, I'm going to avoid any debate about the ethics of forensic genealogy. Both sides the proponents of unfettered law enforcement access to genetic information, and opponents who favor privacy rights have valid arguments. But for now, this tool seems to be here to stay and has resulted in plentiful solved cases for me to discuss. Also, I'm going to assume that most listeners of a show about the use of genetic genealogy in crime solving know most of the terms that they will hear on a regular basis, but I'm going to define some of them anyway just as a refresher. Don't worry, I'm not going to get too sciencey. This is just so you have a basic understanding of how it all works. Forensic genealogy combines genetic analysis with historic research to confirm familial relationships. 
This is possible because your DNA, which is made up of 23 chromosome pairs, can be traced back to your ancestors through related genetic links. This tool has recently been employed by law enforcement to identify criminals who have left their DNA behind at a crime scene by comparing the found DNA to DNA profiles of citizens in public databases. Relationships as remote as third cousins can be traced to locate common ancestors and give a name to a DNA profile. I don't want to get too technical here, but one term that you may hear is autosomal DNA. Autosomal DNA is found in the 22 pairs of human chromosomes inherited 50% from each parent. Each person's genes contain markers called single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SNPs for short, that permit identification of a person's relatives back to several generations because of shared SNPs. In other words, these SNPs allow you to see the familial relationships between people at a genetic level. So even if you don't know the name of the person whose DNA profile you have, you can determine his identity by identifying his relatives and using the process of elimination. One name you will hear regularly is Parabon Nanolabs. Parabon Nanolabs is a DNA technology company that specializes in DNA forensics, among other things. It has become famous in the past three years for partnering with genetic genealogists headed by C.C. Moore, who utilized the DNA profiles developed from crime scene samples to research family trees in order to determine the identities of unknown offenders and Jane and John Doe's. This is a process called triangulation. Multiple other independent genetic genealogists have also worked with law enforcement to break open cold cases like Colleen Fitzpatrick and Barbara Ray Venter. CODIS CODIS is the acronym for the National Combined DNA Index System. It's an interconnected system of searchable computer databases that maintain DNA profiles collected by local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies. The national database is operated and maintained by the FBI. A search of CODIS is the first stop for investigators who have DNA from a criminal, whether identified or not, to cross-check that profile and see whether the same offender's DNA is on record from any other crime. All states submit DNA samples for certain convicted violent offenders, and as of 2020, 31 states now submit samples from arrestees for felonies and violent crimes. Some even submit samples for lesser crimes. CODIS is, of course, an invaluable resource, but it has its flaws. Because it consists largely of state DNA databases, CODIS includes only that information gathered and uploaded by each state. State laws vary widely with regard to comprehensive DNA collection and whether DNA collection laws apply retroactively to people already incarcerated or people who have been released from prison. In short, CODIS has significant holes. GEDmatch GEDmatch is an open-source, meaning publicly searchable, genealogical website with over 1.2 million entries in its database. GEDmatch permits comparison of autosomal DNA information from multiple different testing companies, combining all the information in one searchable database that is accessible by law enforcement, genealogists, and the public. In other words, Investigative genealogists load an unsub DNA profile into GEDmatch and are then able to locate any relatives of the unknown offender and use that information to identify the contributor of the sample. Thank you for listening to this Welcome to DNA ID. Episodes of DNA ID will drop every other week on Mondays. Please listen to Episode 1, Jody Loomis, available right now on your DNA ID podcast feed. 
DNA ID is researched, written, and hosted by me, Jessica Betancourt. It's produced by me and Mike Morford of Abjack Entertainment. Music composed by Connor Betancourt. To contact us, you can email the podcast at dnaidpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on social media. You can find us at DNA ID Podcast on Instagram, at DNA ID Podcast on Twitter, and on Facebook at DNA ID Podcast. Check out our other collaborative podcasts, Scene of the Crime and Missing Persons.